1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
2: My superstition was that I needed to have maybe a shot, a shot
3: and a half before every game.
2: Of Hennessy. What you mean? uh, I was thinking, (laughs) Yeah. Gatorade, tore Gatorade. it all. I don't know what else I was thinking. I don't know. And there's a bar right there in the locker room in Seattle. Schneider and yeah, Pete a bar Carroll. In my backpack. Got it. The backpack.
0: Got it. I mean, Declan drinks Kronenbourg seltzer before the show. In my backpack on Sundays. On Sundays before Vent sometimes, sometimes at Target Field. Press he definitely box, sometimes does. U.S. Bank Press. Jud, you ever sneak a little Bailey's in that coffee? Um, you know what? Little Kahlua. I've given it some thought. <laughs> I'm yet to do it, but there's uh, hopefully, God willing, there's still time. Marshawn Lynch. I didn't know Marshawn Lynch was on Peyton's Places, but Peyton's Places is a great show, and I will be watching that episode now. Let's talk about Federated before we talk. It's a Twins Tuesday on the show today. It's also a wrap with Roycey Tuesday and the Gophers. Little little exciting finish last night. I was watching the Eagles car crash, but Jeb was monitoring the the Gophers' victory last night. But let's first talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated is pleased to announce MyShield, your personalized online destination. For risk management resources for your business, MyShield is available 24-7 and can be accessed from a computer, tablet, smartphone, or the MyShield app. MyShield's customizable dashboard organizes resources specific to your business on training, billing, employee certificates, safety videos, and much more. Go to federatedinsurance.com and click on Meet MyShield. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the
2: things you love with TCL two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackey and shut ja on Score North and Scorenorth.com.
4: are looking to generate. Here's the step back three for the lead. Clutch when it counts. His name is Marcus Carr.
0: And we'll get to and he's good Marcus at basketball. Carr. Yes. What a dagger he had last night. So we'll get to the Gophers last night, but we vowed starting last week the Minnesota Twins. Have one mission. One mission in 2021. Just win a won. Super Bowl? Win a playoff game. Oh, that one. Okay. <laughs> win a playoff game. I get confused game. about about who's supposed to do what in this town now. <laughs> Please. So, like, whenever we get into these Twins Tuesday discussions, you guys might bring up Trevor Bauer and you might think about the rotation. I'm thinking Trevor Bauer would be great if you handcuffed him to Kenta Maeda and Jose Barrios all in game one, all in to win a playoff game. Just so you know but um, <laughs> and then
3: just lose the rest of the playoff series and you don't doesn't care. Doesn't matter. We're Does
0: happy. Yep. We are we are shifting our goals. So uh, we're going to we're going to talk Twins and speculate on off-season things every single Tuesday on Mackie and Judd. And I, let's just we got like two or three things to run down here and let's start with this nugget from Len 3, our friend Lavelli Neal from the Star Tribune. He says the Twins made a one-year contract offer to Nelson Cruz in October in an attempt to expedite negotiations with their 40-year-old designated hitter. Cruz remains a free agent, and that offer is no longer on the table. Now, word is Nelson Cruz, who, by the way, has put together probably his two best offensive seasons ever in his career at ages 38 and 39 with the Twins the last couple of years, He's been just straight up one of the best hitters in all of baseball. He's finished top 10 in MVP voting, two Silver Slugger awards. And so there's no signs that he's going to just like fall off a cliff, although I would be a little bit concerned about anything beyond 2021. But word is he's waiting to see if the National League will open the gate for like 15 more uh, designated hitter options, right? Makes sense. And baseball doesn't know that yet because it's baseball, which is (laughs) ridiculous. So... Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? I don't know what the Twins offered. I think we'd have to assume it was somewhere in the uh, let me count the figures eight figure range, probably ten million dollars or more on a one year deal. But yeah, I bet it was ar- around twelve. What would you guys offer Nelson Cruz?
3: The problem is not what I would offer him financially; it's what the term would be. And I think his camp was seeking two years, and I think that the Twins probably, <laughs> probably not. A dumb move at this point in time in Cruz's life, baseball wise. Said, let's keep it to one year. Um, now, I did some checking a few months ago, though, and here's the here's the uh, inside skinny on DH in the National League, and this is what makes it intriguing. It sounds like baseball might not decide on this to like February, Ugh. so we're talking still what Why? two months out, and and my but my guess is. The season will not start probably until May or so. So so like spring training could be April. So I don't think with the pandemic that we're going to start on time because I think baseball's desire is going to be probably to play a slightly, not drastically shortened, regular season schedule with butts in seats as much as possible. Um, And so what I would offer Cruz is I would offer him – I think he made his first year here. I want to say, Phil, he made 14 mil, and I think last year it was 12. So it was, a, but it was a team option, one year contract with the option for 26 mil, if I'm not mistaken. I would go as high as 14 million again for 2021 with Cruz. The issue is, would I want to lock into two years at 26 again? And I can see the problem there. But I think if the Cruz camp waits this out and like gambles here, I think it's a bad move on their part, and here's why. It's not that the National League's not going to go to the DH because they very well might. But look at the market. Like, what's the market? If if you are named Trevor Bauer, right, like if you are a top three to five free agent right now, I think you're going to take a bit of a haircut pay-wise, but I don't think it's going to be drastic. Like, you're still going to do absolutely fine.
0: Yeah, like George Springer's not going to have to worry about Yeah, the case. Mets are going to
3: pay him a ton, and it's going to be fine. But if you're Nelson Cruz, and you're a really still a good player, but you're not a great player, and you're 40, I honestly, and th- this is not being twins-friendly here, but if the twins were coming to me at 12 to 14 mil for 21, I think I'd say yes and sign. I really do, because of the climate.
0: Yeah, so... If I'm the Twins, I'm not I'm not going to pause if he wants 2 years because I can win a well let me stop myself. Yeah, thank you. I can win a playoff game in 2021. Thank you for stopping. That's yourself. my ultimate goal thank is you. to win a playoff game <laughs> in 2021. My window to win a playoff game are is you saying, wide open in 2021. Are you saying let Nelson Cook? Let Nelly Cook? <laughs> Well, Nelly, I'm glad you brought that up because Nelly is one of the only guys with a bat that has been actually cooking in the postseason for the twins the last two years. And we spend a lot of time, rightfully so, on the rotation and do they have a number one you know, ace caliber starter? And, you know, who are these guys they're running out in game three like Randy Dobnack? And and that's an important discussion. But the more important discussion is who's gonna hit a ball to the fence or over in those postseason games? And the answer the last couple years has been Basically nobody except for Nelson Cruz, who hit a couple of doubles in the two games against the Astros. He also hit a home run against the Yankees in the ALDS in 2019. And I'm trying to find this, and I, I will before the uh, the end of the podcast. His postseason slugging percentage for his career, and he's played in nice, a a 46 problem. postseason games over the last 10 years. He right? played in the World Series game in right field. That was very memorable. Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of a train wreck. But his bat has very rarely been in question. He slugs six fifty nine in the postseason. So, like, if if I think that he can still be even eighty percent of the offensive player that he's been the last two years in two thousand twenty one, and to get that production, I have to also pay for whatever two thousand twenty two looks like. Yeah, I do. Okay, it's worth it. So, but let's go down this potential path. Your payroll
3: is almost assuredly coming down. Like, and th- that's not just a Twins thing. That is a baseball thing for most teams. Are you willing to gamble now, though, that you're going to back Cruz and his people into a corner to get the deal that you want, which then m- might allow you to make at least one more move? That if you do the contract at two years right now, you aren't comfortable making for 2020?
0: I think to to go off what you were saying earlier, I think Nelson Cruz and his agent, his agent's probably the one that's driving this. I think they're idiots if they wait till February.
3: I do too. That's what I'm saying. Like
0: you're, so you're. But I think watch... the Twins. I I think this is advantage Twins, no question. Absolutely, and it's this is, the, this is the tough part about the baseball offseason. It's something that they have to get right going forward. There's no urgency because there's no salary cap. There's no framework. So at least, at least in the NBA and the NFL, you know, here's what the salary cap might be coming down because of the pandemic, but here's what the salary cap is, and so here's how much money everyone has to spend or not. Mm-hmm. And then so all the players and agents know what that looks like, and they know that the top players are going to get this percentage of it, the quarterbacks are going to get that, and then the backup point guards are going to get this, whatever, right? In Major League Baseball... It's always ambiguous because there is no salary cap, and now there's a global pandemic, and we don't know how much money these teams are losing because they don't have their books open, Yeah. right? Yes. All we can go off of is, like, the Forbes articles that come out every year. And so if you're an agent or a player, you're trying to figure this stuff out, too. All right, is everyone going to just, like, not spend? So to me, if, if the Twins offered him a decent deal in October, I don't know why he's not just signing. I don't know. And At this point in your life, like, Nelson Cruz is set for life, so... Like trying to squeeze an extra five or ten million dollars, like just play where you want to play, get in the door, yeah. And and I get it, like there's a process, um, but let's let's transition here too because speaking of payroll, Twins Tuesday, Jim Polad said this to the Star Tribune about the 2021 payroll a couple weeks back. "Quote: I don't think the fact that we lost money in 2020 is the driver for what we are going to do in 2021. But what if fans can't attend again?" quote. There is uncertainty. We're going to have to figure out an uncertainty discount, and we will. So let me go back to that first part of the quote. I don't think, Jim Pollad says, I don't think the fact that we lost money in 2020 is the driver for what we are going to do in 2021. They opened the season with a payroll just under $140 million last year, if I'm not mistaken. How full of crap is Jim Polad with that sentence? Well, the, the second part of
3: the sentence is is the tell, right? part about the driver like basically that's saying but if no then we're in trouble um look in my opinion for the twins and across baseball completely aside from like the, the mets who just got sold uh, to what steve cohen who's incredibly rich and didn't take the uh didn't take the hit of 2020 um the majority of teams like free agency and baseball to me has never been more clear unless again you're a top 3 to 5 guy it basically ain't happening so like i've never felt more confident that that the dullness that we're seeing right now um there's going to be a couple guys who, who signed big contracts but for the most part the days of okay now it's uh, now it's uh, march 1st and so and so signed a big contract i think are gone yeah. for this year nobody for the most part is going to spend the twins of course included the the Twins made their investment in Donaldson last year. So I don't think Polad's full of crap. I think the second part of his sentence is very telling, which is if we don't think people are going are going to be in the stands uh, for a portion of 2021, our payroll is coming down significantly, and that's go- going to be across baseball. This is basically, Phil, this is basically the most legal case of collusion you will ever see
0: yeah this is like this is what happened to Barry Bonds uh, accused the baseball of collusion, right? right? Well, they all just kind of got together and said, Do we really want this ink stain on our on our league anymore? I think he's completely full of crap for the record, and I'm not the one who sits here often and rips Jim Polad for payroll things. I think he's telling you the truth. It's coming down. That second part of that sentence to me says it's coming down. But his but his first the first part of his sentence leads me to believe that it's not coming down. In his mind he's saying <laughs> right. he's saying I don't think the fact that we lost money last year is the driver for what we're going to do in 2021. If that part of the equation is true, then they would spend 140 million dollars again. They would bring Eddie, Eddie Rosario would come back. They'd resign Nelson but Cruz. But read the second part again. There's uncertainty. We're going to have to figure out an uncertainty <laughs> discount, and we will. Like, the discount thing is the. What not it even mean?
3: He's basically telling you it's not going to affect us, and then he walks back the entire first sentence.
0: How much do you that guys. was a complete walk back. Okay, let me ask this it's to. Coach to, to, to Declan first, and then the we'll government, <laughs> right? I love it. When, when you think about baseball structure, and all these owners are billionaires, all right, and the main argument. The main argument is always, well, there's no salary cap, so these billionaires. Why don't the the poll ads are worth three billion? Why don't they just dip into their own bank account and go spend an extra hundo on, uh, you know, Trevor Bauer or whatever? How much do you guys believe that billionaire owners in baseball should go beyond the profit mark of their business and go into their own like personal money to buy baseball free agents? Mostly when the window is open. So, like, in 2013, 2014,
2: when people were like, oh, why don't they just spend? Why don't they just spend? Mm-hmm. Well, the, we we were throwing money at Kevin Correa and Mike Pelfrey, and, and and that's the money we threw away. You know, we're not going to go out and girl. we're not going to go get, you know, the top free agents of 2014. You got Phil Hughes for a bargain, then you stupidly accepted him, you know? So, I think when you're looking at 2019 and 20, and that's where I think, especially in 2019, because we can put the 2020 season as an outlier due to the pandemic and the shortened season, but 2019 for them not going out and trying to get an ad at the deadline, and even if it's a rental and if it costs more money and if it costs assets, do it. Um, But in terms of the financial window, if the window is open, then that's when I do it. But at the same time, I'm not going to spend my own money for someone else's gain. Like, I'm not going to give away my own money to someone else just because I want to make them happy or I'm serving some other purpose. So I get it.
0: That's kind of where I'm at with it is, like, these guys, they're billionaires for a reason because they run businesses. A lot of their wealth is tied up in non-liquid assets, like other businesses or real estate, right? Or stocks and long-term investment portfolios. So it's not like it's not like Jim Polad is just sitting there with a billion dollars in a checking account that he can just like spend on, uh, on a roster. But I, I, where I will criticize, and I have not done this very often because I just think like baseball, baseball salary structures are sort of within how big your market is. What's your TV deal. And uh, you know, how much merchandise do you sell? And guess what? If you're the New York Yankees, Check, check, check for all of those compared to the Twins and other organizations. But if you have a chance to win a World Series or a playoff game, if you will, you should be willing to potentially take a short-term loss to fill the stadium the next two, three, four years off of the back of a World Series. And I think the Twins are in that position right now where they can win that playoff game, maybe more. And if that means continuing to spend at the level you were last year, to have that advantage over other teams and you lose a little bit of money, um, it's not going to cripple your family. And it might even help you if they win a World Series, put more butts in the seats the next three to five years. So
3: the Polite quote, though, to me tr- uh, triggers what the big picture conversation is here. And here's my frustration His quote is basically a coached quote that said, Everything's going to be fine. The building is not on fire, unless it is, in which case we'll call the fire department, meaning the building's on fire. Um, But the frustration, and this is the frustration that the Players Association has, and I completely get this, is this one. We never see the owner's books. So the question is, how much do you make that you could spend back on baseball? And we don't know that. And that's not a poll ad thing, that's a baseball thing. And baseball's done a marvelous job for years of of essentially hiding their books. Now, this is true across sports, but God bless the Green Bay Packers. Because they're publicly owned. They have to report what they make. So we know that football teams are essentially... I mean, the Packers sit there on a yearly basis, aside from 2020 right now, and print money. Like, they literally print money. And so we know that it's a ridiculous amount that comes in. So my question on, like, the Twins would be, I want to see your books. And since you moved into Target Field, what do you make? What do you keep And I'm not asking the poll ads to spend their own cash, but I am saying if we find out that they're making, let's say, twice what we thought from a baseball standpoint, to put the funnel that back in as much as possible. So So that's what I would like to know, but we don't
0: know. And the only thing we can go off of, really, for either one of the leagues you just referenced is Forbes. So every year, and I would be very curious to see what they estimate for 2000 when when the 2021 Forbes team valuations come out and they and they go through the current value of the franchise, they go through the, the, the gross revenue, and then they go through the operating income, which is once you take away all the expenses, all the payroll and the other employees, what did you clear? And last year, according to Forbes, this is the difference when people talk about, well, the Vikings go and they, they spend money on Jared Allen and they go get Yannick and right? And they sign Brett Favre for a million dollars a game. Well, the NFL is set up because of the salary cap to, to basically ensure that every team makes a killing in net revenue. And they do. The Dallas Cowboys, according to Forbes last year, brought in $425 million in operating income. Mm-hmm. And so with that, so the, their their gross revenue was almost a billion dollars, which is like $300 million more than any other team in football. So if there was no salary cap yeah, in the NFL, exactly. guess what? Pat Mahomes becomes a free agent. He signs for $100 million a year or more with the Dallas Cowboys. And they can afford to do that. Uh, The top team in baseball a year ago was the Houston Astros in terms of operating income. They raked in $100 million in net revenue off the back of a World Series championship a couple years ago. Like, they filled the seats and there's more revenue and all these things. Uh, The Minnesota Twins, let's see where they are on this list here. How much did they profit? Those Polans. And they oh, profited 43 million dollars yep For, so they so this is Forbes estimations and I believe this goes off of the I think this was off of the 2019 information so it says the twins brought in just under 300 million dollars in gross revenue as an organization Dave St Peter has always said that's disputed they'll right? spend about 50 percent of it on payroll well in this case then they should have about a 140 million dollar payroll going into the next year right yeah. so there so so that lines up with what St Peter has always said. But if that comes down from three hundred million dollars in gross revenue, a lot of numbers here. But if that comes down from three hundred million down to like a hundred, I don't know, like how much money they. Yeah, lose, your
3: payroll's coming down right? a
0: lot significantly. They, or will they say, you know what? Let's swallow hard because we can win a playoff game in two thousand twenty-one. No, they will not say what you're about to say. <laughs> and let's no. t- take the loss. No, they're not going to say that. I'm just, just, I'm just, saying, I, like, it's a very nice they thought. They should, ain't saying it. They should look to. Here's why they're not saying it.
3: Here's why. This is, I'm telling you, this is going to be the most, it's corrupt, but it's not surprising. There is going to be, among almost all teams, collusion in saying, we didn't have fans. Don't you go spend. Don't make me look bad. We need to get the structure back. And so. Again, maybe the Mets say, bleep you, we're spending. But I think for the most part, nobody's going to go outside of what was their previous comfort zone. And in fact, I think a lot of teams are going to come down. I mean, the Phillies tried to float out. That they lost two billion dollars. It's not humanly possible. Yes, the Phillies. There, there was a story. <laughs> there was a story about the Phillies in the New York I think Daily News, in which the writer wrote that the that the Phillies in 2020 lost two billion. It's not humanly possible. It wasn't even close. <laughs> but the point is, they're floating out these exorbitant figures that they've lost because nobody wants to spend. Yeah. And and the Phillies, who by the way do just fine, thank you. The Phillies are basically saying. We can't resign guys. They just, I think they laid off something like 50 people.
0: But didn't they just, they just tried to woo Theo Epstein into running their front office. Theo Epstein quit the Cubs and the Phillies were like the first team to pick up they the phone. And be like, oh, they are
3: now bailing. They're us. now bailing on everything.
0: Or did they decide, Real, we'd rather Ludo's pay $15 gone. million dollars a year to Theo Epstein than... Maybe, pay a number three maybe
3: which would be which, but I'm just I'm telling you, I think everybody for the most part in baseball is going to be on board
0: here with saying 2021, peace out. We ain't spending much. Actually, here's here's another question. I don't think the twin like the twins. I I think the twins front office has done a great job, and so I don't think it would be worth making this swap for the twins right now. But if you were an organization like the Royals or something, and you're just the Tigers, you know you got a couple young players, but you really just need a jolt, and you want to win a World Series. So Theo Epstein, he broke the Red Sox curse in 2004, and then he took over a 100-loss Cubs team, turned that thing around, broke Hall, their curse. Hall of Famer. If you had 20 million dollars burning a hole in your pocket, would you rather spend it like per year on Theo Epstein on a five-year, five years, 100 million dollars? Would you rather spend that money on Trevor Bauer or Theo Epstein? Trevor Bauer.
2: I, I if 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 Falvey and Levine land a guy like Bauer, then that solves my ultimate need.
0: I'm saying if you're like the Royals, though. Oh, 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 oh
2: okay. Well, oh no, the Royals, it's not close. Then, then Epstein. Yeah. Yeah. Then Epstein. I'm sorry.
0: I think you're right, though. Like if you're the Twins, you're, you're, you're you've you've already no gotten it to. Uh, yeah. You're you're playing late in the season. Yeah. Go get that. that and the Twins number one piece. Are, are run just fine. Yeah. And Casey's not
3: terribly run. They they just they're going to be good, bad, good, bad, 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 bad. But yeah, um, but no, if I am if I'm a team. That is not run well, I don't think it's tough. Epstein's gonna lift you, right? Like he's
0: instantly going it's, to it's lift you. It's, it's not that hard. I feel like I think Trevor the league would to sign a one year contract and then peace out. I think the league puts some sort of restriction at some point on how much money front office people can make. But to me, if you're in that rebuilding mode, You're better off like stripping your entire team payroll down to what the just down to the studs, like the Astros did seven or eight years ago. They they had like an eleven million dollar payroll. Baltimore tried to do the exact same thing, and then find the Theo Epstein, pay him ten or fifteen million dollars a year to get all your systems right, Mm -hmm. and go from there. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Twins Tuesday. The the moral of this is Jim Polad, if you're listening, we know you're a daily listener of the Mackie and Judd Show and Purple Mm -hmm. Purple Podcast. He's a big fan of Purple Purple Daily. Um, Just a don't don't be stripping that payroll down to the studs in a year in, in which you can win a playoff game. I'm glad you're it's telling him that, too. It's, uh, it's Why don't you
3: focus on, on your cousin's platform, okay? That's going
0: really well right let now. Let Kirk cook. Let Kirk cook. Let I, I kinda Kirk like, cook. I kind of like
2: the let Kirk sing. It's like Dalvin Cook. Like Like... Let Dalvin Cook already was a thing.
0: Let's try that one too. I put a graphic out. Let's try the let let's let the let Kirk sing one. We'll put let that Kirk one. People out are going to get
3: very confused by let Kirk sing sing though. They're going to. Well, we'll find very, a photo of him. They're going to become very confused. Can
0: you find a screenshot of him like singing in his high school choir? Yeah, you just like send that to me. Probably. Still looks the same too. He does. He looks younger now. He kind of does. <laughs> Like
3: Mario Lopez, he's like Slater. <laughs> he he's
0: getting younger. <laughs> Slater doing the uh, the Slater dance. Oh, it's great. Was the best part of the, the ten episode run. So-
4: Carr looking to generate. Here's the step back three <laughs> for the lead. Clutch when it counts. His name is Marcus Carr.
3: We made some. You know, Marcus
0: obviously his shot was amazing. Won the game, but I thought Gabe Kalsher hits two big free throws. Draws a charge. Isaiah comes in the game at the end, blocks the shot. Um, there was a lot of other winning plays. Marcus, certainly his play was fantastic, but we're constantly talking about the 95% that you do when you don't have the ball, and we just found a way towards the end there to do that versus a tough team. The Gophers really, last night. Really, Richard. <laughs> Big last-second victory. Marcus Carr, dagger three from the right wing. Bang. Like, Richard, I like
3: you, but really, you you did that.
2: What do you mean? You like that?
3: Marcus yeah. You like that? I'm going to – to stop! Don't don't do the Zim. Do you like how that tastes? That like freaks that tastes? me out. I don't like you that. Like that Gabe? You no, like that stop! Don't. So I
4: heard it all week long, right? Oh and nine on Monday night. Yeah! Yeah! You, you like how this
1: tastes?
2: Yeah. Do you know what else is
3: wrong with that? It's also how he. It, it's not just the words themselves. It's how he presents them. Like it's like he's standing on the corner of of Seventh and Hennepin at you like, like on this
2: taste at no, midnight it's on a
3: Saturday saying
2: me on Washington and Third Avenue most Friday Saturday nights like them. listen
3: like play it again and just listen to how he says the last line so
4: I heard it all week long right
3: oh and nine on Monday night
2: yeah. Yeah. you like how this taste like that? <laughs> you like that bourbon
0: hit you like that I mean it's
2: like that
0: sulfur <laughs> taste? It's like I want to call the cops. He wanted so bad. Yeah. He wanted this so bad. You
4: held him the 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end, but I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah! And you
0: could tell he was probably searching for the phrase, oh, my God, I had it. What was it? Oh, no. You like how this tastes? it's just I mean, <laughs> like it's like an HBO show about oh, a coach God. who's about to get arrested.
3: Anyhow. It's just sort of US. a cre- it's a creepy, it's just a very creepy thing. Sorry. For the Gophers. Yeah, Golden basketball. So anyway, um, Richard Pitino, God bless you. Kelsher did make some key plays. I actually want to talk about Gabe a, a little bit here in a second. But um, um, there were some nice plays made. But I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say I saw somewhere a few weeks ago that Pitino's desire is to get Marcus Carr's playing time this year down a little bit, because there, there were Big Ten games, especially last season, when Marcus Carr, towards the end, looked like he was about to collapse. Like, they literally had to drag him to the bench, okay? <laughs> I got news for you, Richard. His playing time is not coming down. This kid has gone from, he was, I thought, last season a very solid, good player. I mean, he was very good. He has now taken the next step in my opinion, to Big Ten star, let me go through let me go through the scoring in three
0: games. And now these are not against great teams. No, I mean Loyola Marymount finishes like five my, and thirteen in Loyola the West Marymount, Coast Conference. Exactly right. So but I
3: still want to go. But I still want to go through what he means to his team.
0: Marcus Carr. Green Bay is
3: vaunted, though. Green Bay. Green Bay, which has been, I mean, come on, they've been to the tournament probably at some point in time, fifteen years back. Anyway, he scored thirty-five points in that game. 30 minutes of playing time. On Saturday night, he has a big first half. Not as much, not as great in the second half. 28 points in 37 minutes of playing time. Last night gets off to a rough start and then in the second half dominates 26 points in 36 minutes of playing time. In other words, the last two games, he's basically played the entire game. But, the thing to me about him that, that's so important is they took him out in the second half last night briefly and put uh, Jamal Mashburn Jr. in, who is a freshman and his backup, and he might be fine. I have no clue. Uh, but the Gophers, in the time that Marcus Carr was out, the Gophers fell behind, looked completely lost, looked at times sort of distraught, and Marcus Carr basically said, I'm going back in, give me the damn basketball, we'll win. Yeah, And, and then... He hits the the shot near the end that wins the game, which is just a cold-blooded dagger shot. The point being is, mm-hmm. this guy is going to have to play the entire game in most games. If you're barely getting by a team like this, I think he's going to have to play... Almost the entire game in most Big 10 games.
0: He does la- so. La- First of all, I agree with everything you're saying. I don't mean to be mocking when it comes to their early season opponents. These are the types of teams that you play well, in November and December desperately trying to find teams to play. Yep, and yeah. I don't know how this college basketball season's even going to proceed forward because just the outbreaks are only going to get worse and worse over the next month and a half with holiday gatherings and stuff. So Mister Sunshine. We'll see. But Hold on, you're scaring me now. I agree <laughs> that Marcus Carr is awesome. And Marcus Carr is probably the like the best, most dangerous scoring guard I can think of. They've had a couple decent guards. Like Nate Mason was a good guard, but like what Nate Mason was a great steady force for a team that went to the NCAA tournament a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Marcus Carr is levels better getting his own shot, going on runs that can carry a team, 30 point games, right? Like he's he's miles better than even Nate Mason was. And the amazing thing you mentioned it, he doesn't sit. He I know, averaged, and you can't sit him. He averaged thirty-seven minutes per game last year. These are forty-minute games. He's, he's he's literally resting for like a minute and a half in the first half, and then a minute and a half in the second and half. And they fall and He's, apart back when he's in. out now. And I think I think for him, the thing to watch is: does he get a little bit too hero ball mode? Does he feel like I'm the only one that can score? <laughs> I I would I would if I were Richard Petino and I'm sure he's doing this. I would encourage him to use his skill sets because he he can he's a little bit like a like diet Russell Westbrook in some ways he can rebound a little bit yeah um, he yeah, can he right. can get to different spots on the court yeah and I would I would recommend that he uses his skill sets to open up avenues for teammates so that the Gophers can have a little bit more of a multifaceted attack yeah um, and then and then get into that so, sniper mode and that uh, like that Kobe mode at the end of game
3: so the the first the first portion of the first half on Saturday, Phil, he tried. Like he was passing to everybody. He was not trying to shoot and they could not make a shot. And so he basically is like, okay, I guess I'll shoot. Um so I, I think he is I think he very much is into trying to do what you're talking about, which is distribute the ball. I'm the point guard. I lead this team. But the fallback ultimately with him is okay. We've just missed six consecutive shots. I guess I'll shoot. Yeah. So it's weird. Uh, second point, I want to ask you a question. Do you have a theory? And confidence plays a, a role in the question I'm about to ask. I completely get that. But Gabe Kelscher, okay? So I covered the game, the NCAA win over Louisville and Des Moines a couple of years back, mm-hmm. where Gabe Kalscher went off and looked fantastic, okay? He started to struggle at some point in time with his shot, and especially the three-point shot last year. In the first three games this year, one for eight on threes against Green Bay, Yeah, didn't attempt one on Saturday, Oh for four and looked lost on three-point shots last night, and last night, one for 11
0: total from the field. How can a guy who has what looks like a really pretty good shot shoot this poorly? It is weird. He reminds me, I told you this off-microphone, he reminds me when I was uh, early two thousands. I was a student at the U of M, and one of my favorite players when he was a freshman was Michael Bauer. I don't know if you guys remember Michael Bauer. He was kind oh, of yeah. this like raggedy haired, big white kid, right? Big white kid. And his freshman year, he came in and just was a three point sniper. Was just this bolt of energy off the bench, and he just never got better. Like by the time he was a senior, he was I think he was a worse shooter, and he just. Not that he was ever NBA bound, but it was like, wow, this guy's got out. a nice
3: looking shot. Like, it looks like it should work, right?
0: And he's, and he's just like, even last year, I know that last year he probably felt pressure because there just weren't that many great options for scoring on the team. He felt more pressure to heave shots up and maybe had some more contested looks. Sure. I don't have stats on that, but um, so some of it's like, okay, he's taking more contested shots than maybe when he was wide open as a freshman two years ago. But it is concerning to see... His field goal percentage dropped off last year, and three-point percentage went down by seven. And now off to the—it's three games to start the season, but against weak competition. It's not like you're being guarded you know, by this is Kentucky the, yes. freshmen here, okay? Yes. Um, and he's shooting 27% to start the first three games. It's a little bit concerning. You'd like to think when you watched him as a freshman, you were thinking, boy, this is going to be a sniper shooter for four years, like a Blake Hoffarber type guy. That's what
3: I thought exactly. Yeah,
0: but we'll see. I don't know it's, it's weird. It's three games and it's such a weird start to the season and it's been they've had to stop practice a couple times cuz of covid scares. Okay,
3: so but we'll if you see. can make the threes you can make the threes. I would hope like,
0: oh, this Ke- says this guy right Kelsher here. Kelsher looks hey, like he should make the I, three. Look, look, look! There's I'm a not, gift saved on my, on my laptop. <laughs> I'm not, listen, listen,
3: you two! I'm not paid to make I threes. Okay, this, this is I'm, not time I'm not paid handsomely. I'm not saying that. Kelsher's
0: paid, but I'm saying he's a Division One basketball player. Don't make us bust out the Score earth Athlete Challenge again here. Oh, but I never. Uh, but I never.
3: But you know what? I didn't have a great NCAA first round tournament game. That's the difference. <laughs> uh, last point. Booth Gotch can play. Booth Gotch is going to be Good. a nice addition. He is uh he's a little bit sporadic at times, but he can score, he can run. He is an athlete. I think he's going to be a- among the guys that they have uh, b- brought in as either transfers. Uh I think he is going to be the guy who has an immediate Im- impact. He's a he's a really nice player.
0: Yeah, you'd like to see they've Patino's done a really good job with transfers just like where, where you look at the roster after a season's done and you're like, "Oh my god, who's going to play next That's year?" It's like Marcus Carr. And then the season rolls around, it's like, "Oh, he found three like really good players who were transfers." Yep. And I think and and he's done a better job in-state recruiting than people give him credit for cuz he like Daniel LaTru is an is an NBA draft pick that was in-state. They kept him. And I think people are looking at, well, there was like four or five other guys that were draftable or got drafted, and they're from Minnesota. Why weren't they in the mix to be Gophers? And I think that's been the major criticism is can you get a couple of these top, top that's star exactly players what, yes. to stay? Yes, exactly. Um, so, but Gopher basketball... 3-0, and baby. Back-to-back wins over Loyola Marymount to start the season. Loyola so. Marymount. Thanks for coming in, guys. <laughs> Appreciate that. All right. Here's, by the way, here's Mike Zimmer with a Dalvin Cook injury update.
3: You know, I don't know
1: yet. Um,
3: you know, I got a report this morning. Um, he said he feels good, so we'll just see where he's at. But, you know, it's hard. <laughs> I'm sitting in, in Invergrove Heights, so it's a little hard for me to tell on some of these things.
0: Empty backfield, second and goal. Cousins to the end zone, touchdown! Redemption for Chad Beebe.
1: <laughs>
0: Randy in Cottage Grove. The Vikings are five and six, four wins in five games. How you feeling, be,
1: buddy? Should be should be seven and four. There are a couple of hose jobs in there, including the Cowboys' loss.
0: Like 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 referee hose jobs or what do you?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. That Cowboys loss was a hose, hose job, but mm. it's you know should at least be five hundred. But uh, you know whatever, six and five. We're, we're going to be though. There's going to be five hundred on on Sunday.
0: Okay. I, mean, I wouldn't sleep too much on the Jaguars. They are an NFL They've team. They've lost ten consecutive. So no, I think it's probably safe. Uh, right? They,
1: they got well, who is who's the quarterback? Uh, uh, Mike Glennon, right? Yeah, Mike Glennon starting Dynamite. for oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, he they're going to go ahead and go. Six and six. I'll, uh, I'll bet, the, bet my kegerator on that. But uh, Whoa. Uh, it, it, it's homemade. It's a qu- top quality. People buy those online. They're not. Uh, they're not the same. You got to do it right with an old fridge, and you need mm-hmm. a guy. You need to have a buddy who knows how to do it, how to build them right, uh, so they keep it as cold as it should be. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think. I think. In fact, I think young kids aren't being taught the fine art of kegerator construction yeah, in school. Kegerator seltzer sounds pretty damn good, there, Randy.
1: If you can, uh, if you can get it in a keg, can you get it in a keg?
2: I think, I, I gotta imagine it, it's sold in a keg somewhere.
0: We'll talk to our friends yeah. at Corona Hard Seltzer right. and see <laughs> maybe I, it's an idea. Can I say one no, thing I, about, about Mike Glennon? By the way, you know that that guy's made thirty-one million dollars playing football in his life. Well,
1: good God bless America. It's a lot of scratch. <laughs> because it's it is a
3: lot of scratch.
1: All right. Well, well. To, to your hard uh, Corona, hard Corona thing. I uh, I did. Just try to, you know, support it and pick some up. Yeah. And try tried it. It's good. Hey. Uh, but the thing I, I like to do is uh sorta of load it up. So do you do like a, a Corona uh lime put it on the rocks mm-hmm. and then do a drop shot of vodka in there. Wow.
2: I, I've also indulged in that. That's those are those great great minds are taking like here, tastes
1: great. It tastes great and it it gets you where you need to be. It's a lot quicker. Sort of like yeah. the Concord Concorde Concord Jet, you know, uh Little faster than the normal uh, air travel. Yeah,
0: it's like a shot of NAS in those That's uh, right. fast movies. That's right? right. Yeah,
1: but but I'm no, I'm 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 on a I'm on a high right now. I really am, and I, you know, a lot of us have had some ups and some downs this year, just like just like the bikes. Uh, but right now, it is rosy. It, it really is rosy. If you look at that, was a complete victory. You know, it was never really a doubt on Sunday, um, and and. You know, some of the some of the guys really stepped up. I know a lot of you, you, a lot of you guys, a lot of the the hosts type people said, uh, you know, Chad Beebe. Why is he even on the squad? Not me. I've seen talent in that guy uh, from day one, and it ain't just his bloodlines, which are good, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's got the pedigree, as they say. But but he he is he, he he is a he is a shifty receiver. He really is. He can get he can get open. He can get loose. You know, and and and. Uh, and, and so kudos to him for really stepping up in a, a, a big moment.
3: How about I mean, the muff punt there, though? I mean, that that had to concern you just a little bit, Randy.
1: Oh, that's great. I mean, you know, the football shapes differently, you know, than most balls. So yeah. it, it it looks, it's got points, you know, on, on each end. And sometimes it just hits weird. And that's, uh, you know, that's a, it's what we call a fluky play. And, uh, you know, Chad, you keep your head up, you know, don't... don't uh you know, a lot of a lot of people were throwing uh, throwing throwing shady at him, throwing the shade at him, and that uh, me, I, I, Chad is uh, he's a tough customer. He's, he is going to be a part of this team down the stretch. I, I can tell you that right now. Even when when uh, Dylan's back, I think they've really found something in in uh, in, in, in Chad B.B. So if if uh, if you guys like, I, I do for the first time in a while, have a really really positive uh, stable.
0: I mean. That's what we're here for. I guess. Really, that's the only reason why we get out of bed is for the Randy and Cottage Grove Stud Stable of the week. So, you want your music, Randy?
1: Yeah, that would be great. Oh, Okay, sure. There you go. Here we go with a, a Stud Stable. Uh, this is a victory. A victory. So that's a Stud Stable. Uh, the Vikings, the Purple uh, against uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who is still great, by the way. He's awesome, uh, and. Uh, the Carolina Panthers. We're going to start this stable where it should start on special teams. That's one of, been one of the strongest units of this uh, team this year. <laughs> what? And I like. I especially like the, the big, the big leg and the big time attitude, big victory attitude of Britain, Uh, Schmidt. uh He had. He got into one, and it was. He, he buried it. It's the old coffin corner. He can really, really put some leg into it. Britton uh, Goldschmidt, you're a stud.
0: All right. I mean, the Vikings have had multiple punts blocked. They've had multiple long snappers. We're going to lose They've them. They bobbled a, Don't do this, They no. muffed a punt that, that almost cost them the game. I don't know if I would say the special teams have been great. Mike Zimmer's not, chewing out the coordinator. Not with that
1: attitude or not. Okay. Careful. Uh, I'll scrap the rest of this. No 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 no, 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 no. No, no, keep going. I, I, I had some gunners on here. I, I had Dan Bayless. Forget about them.
3: Yeah. Okay. Good.
1: I, I'm through off my mojo now. So I, I let's go over to the defense. Sorry. This is a big group of young guys, as everybody knows. You know, a lot of people said, you know, how, how are they going to perform this year? Well, I think we're starting to see exactly how they're going to perform, and that that is like a unit, like an like like a total unit, thinking like one, moving like one unit. So I'm not even going to single out names. I'm just going to say the whole defense Sunday was a stud. And then finally, just like the Thanksgiving leftovers, you kind of save the best for last. And I did make a burrito uh, in the oven, and it was good. Uh, well, they made a burrito on offense Sunday uh, with some ups and some downs. Adam Thielen was uh, sidelined, you know, of course, by the uh uh, coronavirus, coronavirus, uh, but that's all right because they found some people who really stepped up and, and I, I really want to especially talk about a guy who made some big time plays right when you needed to most. And that's Kirk Cousins. Kirk, a lot of guys doubted you. A lot of people even on this show have said you're a bozo oh. that you can't that you can't uh, can't hack it. Well you look pretty good Sunday. So don't listen to the uh, the, the negative people. Uh, look in the mirror, Kirk because what you're gonna see there is a stud. And also, I like to send a little special the uh, gritty dance as they say to uh, uh, Justin Jefferson. I, I can't do that dance because of my knee replacement, uh-huh. but if I could, I would do one and I would be pointing uh, pointing right at you, uh, my friend, because you've got two. Two to the house now. Could it should have been three? That was a PI that wasn't called. Should have been three. But Justin Jefferson, you're a rookie, but it doesn't matter. You may not be long in a tooth, but you're long where it counts. You're a stud. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and that
0: that's it. Like oh, yeah. ordinarily, did, I'm used to him hanging up. But did did he just say that uh, Justin Jefferson is long where it counts? <laughs> Yeah. Longware accounts. Yeah, let, let's review let's quickly review mm. that that phone call.
3: I wouldn't have started with Britton Colquitt. Or Schmidt. I'm sorry. Uh he also referred to it as being the shade. Don't the kids just say throwing shade? Yeah,
0: you just you're throwing shade. You're casting casting, shade, casting shade. shade.
3: Yeah, yeah. He called it the shade, the shade, as if it was shady outside. As, as if been, it was like
0: an STD. Yes, he caught the shade. Got the shade. And Justin yeah. Jefferson is long where it counts. I mean, tell me what he said that was wrong about Justin Jefferson. <laughs> I mean, figuratively, I've never. I don't even want to <laughs> figuratively. Go. Uh, yep. Don't
3: go there. All
1: you right, know, you know the
3: best part. Right before we, we were joined by our friend, Randy, the best part is Zim telling us where he lives. Invergrove, Inver-Grove Heights? Heights. Huh? I mean, do, do we got an address, possibly?
0: I'm yeah, sure. I'm, sitting
3: here I, at I, three, five, I'm sitting here at 3558, five, Metal Brook Lane, Invergrove
0: Heights. I'm going to guess it's not that hard to figure out where it, Okay, a quick side story. <laughs> I think I told you guys this. I can't remember if I said this on the show or if I just told you guys this off the show. Mm-hmm. But during the early part of the pandemic... My wife and I were kind of bored. We we're like, how we've been just cooped up in the house for like a month and a half, coming into work, but just like in different studios and stuff. Let's go out for a drive. Let's just go. Let's go for a drive. Maybe go for a walk somewhere. And uh, and so, I, I said, just map us to a couple places. And so she mapped us. I can't remember the first place. She mapped us to like a lake or something out by YZ or whatever. We're out in the western suburbs, the ritzy yeah. western suburbs, right? Where yeah. so I grew up. And then she said, all right, I'm mapping us somewhere else. Okay, I said, where are we going? She goes, just follow my directions. And so we get to this community. Oh boy! And uh, we're driving around, and there's all these super nice houses out in this area, right? And we come upon a house that has two gopher football flags. One just like a giant row the boat flag, and one of those like zoom. uh, Is it uh, what's what's the the vacuum that uh, the Roombas, right? But it was like a lawnmower Roomba that was going up and down. This massive lawn, Came and up. there were other like football related things. And she goes, "Guess where we are?" And that's the first time I realized, you know what? Not all football coaches are really that discreet about where they live. Yeah. By the way, I found it. I found where he lived. It's it's public knowledge. Zim?
2: Yeah. Uh, I I don't know if I should give out the address. Yeah, I wouldn't give out the address. However, you should don't... I give out what he purchased the home for? Oh yeah, hell sure, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. One point six million in twenty eighteen. That's five actually bed, really modest. Yeah, five bed, six bath. I got to imagine this is the Mike Zimmer. Um, oh yeah,
0: five bed six baths. He did
2: pay twenty four thousand dollars in property taxes.
0: Of course, that's aggressive. C- can you
3: um, tell if, if there is a uh, what I made last year? A gym, like downstairs. Like I, I, I did. I went out to do a story on Matt Burke when I was still at the Star Tribune, mm-hmm. and I went to his house, and I think it was in the same area, and and he had like a half gym. He he, he had a he had a movie room,
2: nice
3: downstairs, and then off of that like a gym. With a basketball See, hoop,
0: the movie room to me, like if if I'm if I'm rich and I'm and I get to sort of map out what do I want my eight thousand square foot house to look like? Yeah. Well, to fill out eight thousand square feet, you need to have like nine bathrooms that you're never going to use. Like you're going to have your one go to bathroom for sure, right? Well, like you, the go to bathroom. I mean, you could mix it up if you want. Sure. You could, but you're probably not going to use seven of those bathrooms. And the movie room is always something. It feels or like the golf simulator room. Maybe in Minnesota oh. with the golf simulator, but. Who really uses like their movie theater more than once a year? You know, it's just a way I personally. Yeah, I but, you, it, but you but you go watch sports there. But would you? Would you really go into the movie theater room to watch? Hey, it was sports? just downstairs. I probably Judd would. Would Judd would love that.
3: Yeah, I'd probably that, sit d- down habit. there okay. with my beers and watch Him sports. And Stella, yeah, they'd love that. Yeah, why not? All right, so it's maybe no I'm one wrong. else would be allowed the in. The gym there room is of, cool though cuz you you can go down there and do a bunch of things. And then there's always
0: like the obligatory there's a tennis court out back. Right. It's like that that I don't you, need. you and the wife just going to get up and hit a couple balls. You know what, like,
3: the tennis court, the squash court, I don't need. And I don't need a pool.
0: I need a hot tub. I would totally get a hot tub. I'm in, yeah, in the I think, hot tub. Hot th- yeah, I
3: could see that. Love yeah. the hot tub.
0: Royce always talks about, and we'll talk to him in a second, this, the biggest waste of space purchase he's ever made is the pool in his backyard. Why
3: does he have a pool, though?
0: First of all, you can only use a pool like two and a half months out of the yeah, year in the state best. of Minnesota. Exactly. Right? Uh, and- but I mean, it's cost him thousands and thousands of dollars. Why do you have a pool? <laughs> he made some comment. I think somebody, because he was threatening to retire like eight years ago. He's been Brett Favre basically since then. And... uh I can't remember one of us asked him, like, why do you still, like, do the show every day? He's like, the damn pool. Yep. <laughs> and I, he's
3: partially telling the truth, right? Just but a I, I agree. I think a pool
0: would be the biggest waste of time. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you on that one for sure. Does it say how many – does Mike Zimmer have a pool? No, it doesn't give any really details of the house. Uh, uh, the, oh, the home size, uh,
2: 8,807 square feet. That seems small.
0: No, dude, 8,000 square feet's a
2: beast. Is that a, is that a lot? Oh, okay, yeah, no, that's a lot. So he, he paid – a lot. Uh, six and a half acres to a lot.
3: Oh, that's yeah, a pretty that's, damn good size house. house. Yeah, so he, he, house. he paid what? One point six million? Did you say one point six million? So you can 18.
0: you can get an eight thousand square foot, six and a half acre house in Minnesota for a million five. On that that's on that side
3: God. on that side you can now if, if you go to the western <laughs> suburb suburbs where you you and the wife were driving around Definitely. you ain't getting that well, what do you think like
0: what do you think like, like uh, Edina,
3: you ain't getting that baby like
0: Kyle Shanahan in the bay area or Pete Carroll up in uh Seattle you know Seattle what do you think they're paying for 8000 oh, square feet oh shanahan 10
3: 20 million you know that plus. that's a my guess is in San Francisco yeah cuz if if you think about the property taxes right, in California if you think about this Property taxes in California, right? Uh land in the San Francisco Bay, Santa Clara area. Oh, I bet he is I bet he is up to his eyeballs in
0: uh there's expenditure. A, there's an article posted in January on realtor.com. NFL Cribs striking gold with the homes of the San Francisco 49ers. Nice. There's like a full episode of this. Uh okay, the owner, Jed York. I want prices on these, man. Holy crap. Okay. I take it you found it. York's mansion is tucked in Los Altos Hills, one of the San Francisco Bay Area's priciest and most exclusive towns. So it's probably like top three most exclusive area in the country, right? Yep. It's where Google CEO lives. It's where Google founder lives. This town also made headlines in 2011 when Israeli-Russian investor Yuri Milner paid a then-unheard-of $100 million for a hilltop mansion. York's Place is plenty nice, although it's not quite the nine-digit price uh, tag stratosphere. It's 4.5 acres. Give me a price. Oh, oh there's yes. a, there's an overhead screenshot for sure. Okay, Kyle Shanahan. Okay, good. Here we go. All right. Kyle Shanahan lives in the same area as Trent Dilfer lives. The well-traveled former quarterback of the Bay Area left well, he probably, for Texas. Yeah. yeah, he's probably made a lot so of money. So Trent Dilfer bought a home for $6.8 Oh, here we go. He put his lovely Spanish-style mansion on the market for seven million and sold it for six point eight million to Kyle Shanahan. Kind that's, a, that's not a bad in that area, yeah, right? For, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not six point eight mil out there. That's not too bad. I want to show you guys this, dude. This is amazing. This is see. This is why kids. If you're kids listening, be become a football coach, kids. No kidding become a hot young offensive coordinator first and then uh, you'll be you get a head coaching job. Okay, can you guys see that house? Oh man. Dude, look at that. You've got like the Wrigley oh, field Oh old... they've got two that's different old. pools out front and they've got the gazebo there too. Oh yeah, that, that looks oh, just like that. my
3: place. Looks just like my place in the park. What um
0: We just need like one more Corona heart sponsor yeah. I'm and there. Judd and we're, yeah, we're there. Yep. yep. <laughs> What'd you say, Judd?
3: I, I said can d- does it say what year this was built? It
0: looks like a it doesn't say what it year like it was built. looks like 1930s or 40s. Yeah, it looks fairly new. Yeah, but it says it's a span Anytime I see like Spanish style old. mansion, I'm thinking That's right. That look. Oh yeah, that's a nice. That's very nice. That's really good. Anyways, uh speaking of pools, let's let's get our friend Patrick Royce on here after a quick pause.
1: Uh my superstition
2: was that I needed to have maybe a shot a shot and a half before every game of Hennessy. What you mean? I, uh, I was thinking, yeah. yeah Gatorade. For, Gatorade. toward it all. I don't know what toward I was thinking. All. <laughs> Hell no. And, it's, and, and there's a bar right there in the locker room in Seattle. And Schneider and yeah, a Pete ball Carroll. In backpack. Got it. The backpack.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Patrick Gracie, what do you think of Marshawn Lynch telling Peyton Manning he used to do shots of Hennessy before football games?
4: <laughs> What's with the brothers in Hennessy? How did <laughs> Hennessy get that market, man? <laughs> Somehow the brothers all like that, and not the, the older brothers. I don't know about the younger guys, but uh, they all like that Hennessy for some reason. That was somebody did some great marketing in the city with Hennessy. I'll tell you that that was uh, it, it's something. But I I don't know. I are you surprised? I'm I'm not uh, surprised that uh, Hennessy
0: and Hennessy and Skittles is a great pregame concoction for NFL yeah. backs.
4: That's, that's right. I'll tell you, fellas, I'll never forget walking into the Eagles locker room when Vermeil was the coach, and they beat the Vikings in the playoff game. And, you know, you knew there were some greenies around a little bit, and, you know, that some of that stuff was around. And I talked to about four different guys that were, like, comatose, coming down from something. You know, I mean, it was there were these. You know, it was a cold day there, and I don't know what they were on, but it wasn't Hennessy. I'll tell you that. I, I don't know, but I, I, I you know, that Vermeil team was famous for, uh, for uh, you know, whatever it was going to take to get yourself ready to play. But that, that was the strangest locker room I've ever been in,
1: <laughs> and I was
4: in the locker room with the '93 Phillies, which was the goofiest, but. Bunch of all time, uh, but, uh, the, uh, that, that Eagles locker room that day was 80, I think, 1980. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, because the one that went to the Super Bowl and then got hammered by the Bears. No, no, that's no, so no, not 1980. It
3: was, did that team beat the Raiders? The Vikings? Raiders, right? I thought they yeah. did, yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, that, that, that
3: The Vikings weren't that yeah, good. Yeah,
4: okay. Yeah, that 1980. It wasn't the team that got hammered by the, the, uh, no, yeah, it was the Vikings, weren't that, uh, the Vikings weren't that good. They actually hung in there at halftime and then uh, lost the second half. But, boy, there were some strange dudes in that locker room, uh, I remember, after that game. So, yeah, guys, uh, you know, listen, I don't think you should go out and play football just on your own machoism. Do you?
0: This no, game I, is you not... need a little extra something. <laughs> Game
4: is not intended to be played played by sane men. Nope. and uh, I, I think no matter what they want to do, uh, you know, a little injection in the rear end to get out there and run around a little bit more. I'm all for it. Let's, you know, whatever they want to do is fine with me. Pat, I... As long as it is, as long as it doesn't have long term effects of their health. But then again, running into people with your helmets has already has long-term effect on your health so i don't know whatever they want to do go for it
3: you know pat i i think old school 70s 60s 70s 80s football had to be the absolute worst because you had to be nuts and i, I mean we celebrated jack tatum we celebrated oh, yeah. you know that jacked him up that's great he's look at this, he's unconscious like you think about what we enjoyed the sick yeah, oh, perverted yeah. Oh, yeah. play that we well, enjoyed ESPN was still doing that fit, yes. right? Three, four years ago and they jacked, like jacked him up. Early <laughs> two thousands. Jacked, jacked him. He got and He got jacked! Like, up. like the guys going off the field on a stretcher were like, ah, you see
0: that? That's what happens when you the, go over the middle. The first the first the first when I was a kid, the first ever like video that I ever remember watching on a regular basis as a kid, it wasn't Little Mermaid or like any of these Disney. It was it was NFL's greatest hits. And it was an, it was an hour of guys getting decapitated and de
3: Sammy White in the Super Bowl (laughs) lost his helmet, and he's laying there
0: almost dead, and we're thinking, oh,
3: wow.
4: (laughs) Well, I did this piece on this Jim Tyree from the uh, Kansas City Chiefs a couple weeks ago. You know, the great, great left tackle kicked the hell out of poor Jim Marshall in the Super Bowl, and I think that has much to do with Jim not being in the Hall of Fame as anything. Because he outweighed him by 60 pounds, you know. And the guy had the giant head. When he went to Ohio State, they had to get a new helmet made for him, but they didn't have any helmets that fit this melon of a head. And then, and then at age forty-one, murder suicide with his wife out of nowhere. You know, just just yeah. and and now the, there's a campaign to get him in the Hall of Fame, and that you know he was obviously brain damaged, and uh, you know. But you think about how those offensive linemen had to play football. If they extended their arms beyond, like the 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 elbows, they they couldn't reach. They couldn't reach for anybody. And meanwhile, you know, we we love Bubba Smith and Deacon Jones and these guys because they'd wind up and whack them in the side of the head with their <laughs> forearms. <laughs> they could do that. They could just, you know, they could go whoop just hit your head with.
0: Just, just dragging, dragging bodies yeah. out the field.
4: You you could use your arms, but they could whack you in the head with their forearms if they wanted to. It was, uh, it is amazing how anybody and, and yeah, I mean, you look at the mortality rate. It's, how many of those guys look to be seventy years old? You know, or sixty years. It's like wrestling.
1: Old. It's,
3: uh, yeah.
4: Oh yeah, yeah it is. It's yeah wrestling too. I mean, this you know the difference in wrestling and film. You could say this is. You know, if you're a hotshot wrestler now, and you know WWE, how many nights a week do you wrestle? I mean, do you wrestle three times
0: a month? Right, maybe. Well, right, right now with like, well, before COVID, they were still they're still doing like four shows a week, and then they get like a three day oh, weekend. Doing that. Yeah,
4: they were not doing that. But were you on all of them? Because you know, I mean, back in the fifties and sixties, and it, I mean, they had the the greatest stars and. AWA wrestling at the Folda ballpark. Yeah. You know, these guys were in three cars driving around the state wrestling every night and and if they weren't if they didn't have a big card here back in the Twin Cities twice on Sunday, you know, doing the same stuff. It's amazing that any of them made it, man. It's uh you know, because you had to take that somebody had to take the jump off the top rope, right?
0: Yeah. And, <laughs>
4: Do the elbow smash and
0: Even though you weren't supposed to really smash him, it couldn't have been good for the brain, man. <laughs> no, uh, Pat. We do. Uh, we only have like two minutes left because we're gonna uh, on-air production meeting. We have Tyler Dunn coming on Purple Daily here. So in the last oh, two yeah. mi- in the last two minutes with you, your thoughts on our guy that we've supported all along on this show, the late game luminary himself, Kirk Cousins.
4: Uh, I have said that he could drive you crazy on occasion, but he wasn't rotten like twins fans. I mean like Viking fans wanna believe. He's uh you know, he's an accurate passer. Uh he's just kind of stationary in the pocket. He's moving along around a little bit. And uh he's, you know, He's great in fourth quarters, and now we found out it doesn't even have to be garbage time for him to be great in the fourth quarter. Usually he's great when they're behind four touchdowns in the fourth quarter, but he's okay. I mean, he's not a problem. I wouldn't like to be paying him as much money as I'm paying him, but yep. I would uh, I like him over about uh, some of these Much you see playing for some of these other teams. I'll, I'll take him over most of them. I won't take him over Mahomes or Russell Wilson or a couple of the other guys, but the rest of them, he's, he's fine. He's fine. He's, he's just, you know what? He's more annoying as a person than he is as a player.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's actually very true with his mystery yeah. meat and anti-mask he's guy, sentiments.
4: He's a guy you don't want to like. That's his problem, right? So you want to blame him. You don't want to like him because he's, like, annoying. You know he voted for Trump. You know, he's that kind of guy. You know, so Flecker
3: Cousins, Patrick. If you had to spend a dinner with one of them, Flecker Cousins, which one you picking? I'd
4: feign illness. You'd feign (laughs) you'd feign COVID nineteen. I'm not doing well, guys. Sorry, guys, I just went out to
0: the COVID factory and took a shot so I wouldn't have to be with either of <laughs> so, you. Anyway. All right, Pat, we'll talk to you tomorrow. See you, Royce. Goodbye. Bye. All right, that's Wrapping with Royce <laughs> every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday here on Mackey and Jed. Also, Royce Unchained, you can find his podcast. <laughs> a lot of thoughts on that yeah. from yesterday. Every Monday. All right, full full breakdown from, from Pat. Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. We do have to run because we are about to jump into – Uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting episode of Purple Daily because Tyler Dunn, who is an enterprise reporter, Bleacher Report, he covered the Packers for a number of years, wrote that big article about Aaron Rodgers and the inner workings. Was it from a year or two ago Mm -hmm. that got Aaron Rodgers all uh, ruffled up? So he's got inside information about the Vikings you can find on Purple Daily today, Apple, Spotify, Scornorth.com, and our two YouTube channels, YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast and YouTube.com slash MN. See you guys.
3: Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you or visit Cologuard.com.
1: I'm in.